Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Jurassic Views, Ottawa's Raptors podcast, Bryce Diamond post back-to-back against the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers. It's a Monday morning, and I could have recorded this on Sunday. It's been my daughter's birthday weekend. That's just how it goes in my house. She gets three days of birthday celebrations, and why not? She's a special kid, um, fantastic Uh, compassionate, smart, uh, a real leader, and uh, just a real good kid. And I know I'm biased, but that's what her teachers say. That's what her friends say. That's what the other parents say. So I'm going to believe it, that it's not just my own bias, that it's it's true all around, no matter where she goes. But it was a busy weekend, including last night. I don't know if you guys watched the NFL, but last night, my man, Patty Mahomes, and yes, I will call him Patty as if we were friends, gets the win in a, in a wild game, in a gritty game, in a gutsy performance. So I'm riding high coming off that. Um, despite the Raptors splitting on this back-to-back, losing in Golden State, and then getting the victory in Portland, I'm still riding high. And I think I've said this before. I think I've, I, I think I've mentioned this even on uh, the Jurassic Views Instagram account and on Twitter. Um, You know, sometimes there's a team that you cheer for that doesn't perform and all your other teams or a few of your other teams do. And when Kansas City is in the Super Bowl for the third time in five years, when your team has gone to the conference finals five straight years, it's okay if another team is struggling, right? Like for years before Patty Mahomes was a starter, Kansas City Chiefs were lost in the abyss of mediocrity. Kind of, kind of like the New York Knicks, really. Um, and and I mean, the New York Knicks were bad. I don't know if the Chiefs were, <laughs> were really ever as bad as the Knicks, but you get my point. And you know, with Arsenal at the top of the Premier League table, you just kind of ride with it, you know, and and take the the great moments beside the tough moments. You take the wheat with the tares, right? Someone said that who is wise once, and, and it makes sense as you get older. So here I am on a Monday morning with my Raptors team, our Raptors team, winning, you know, 23 games at a 51 and it's okay. It's okay. The bigger picture is okay. And it's and it's okay for the Toronto Raptors. And 
the first game of this back-to-back, we lost to the Golden State Warriors. Now, it, it was really interesting listening to a few podcasts, having watched the last three games. It was really interesting, the reaction from media. I, I would say younger, non-established media out, outlets, um, but also just the young fan base. And I call anyone who's under 35 and the young fan base. And that's not a shot. That's just people I think are more honest about their emotions within the fan base who are under 35. I think there's also quite a bit of negativity that's circling around, uh, even as much as they don't want to be negative. I think it, it, it just, you get more negative. It's easier to be more negative in, in this kind of uh, newer way of reacting, uh, younger generation reacting to games. That's just my take. I could be wrong. You can tell me I'm wrong. That's cool. But on this first game of the back-to-back, we played Sacramento. Now, I realized Sacramento in January had the best offense in the NBA. I realized that they've had a pretty good start, 27 and 19. I realized they got probably an all-star in Sabonis and a guy who's not far from the all-star game in De'Aaron Fox. But I'm not worried about them. I'm not intimidated by them. I would put money against them if they were in the first round of a playoff series. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if they fall from third or fourth place. I think they're third right now in the West. It wouldn't surprise me um, when we get to the end of the season that they drop to sixth. Um, I don't think they'll fall all the way to the play-in, but it's possible. They've just lost their last two. They're now 27 and 21. So it's it's very possible knowing that the Pelicans are going to get back healthy, um, that the Kings could be passed in the second half of the season by the Clippers, Warriors, and Pelicans, and who knows, maybe even the Mavs. And if that were to happen, yeah, they go from third all the way down to seventh. So it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible. Um, the Kings, I think, under Mike Brown have performed really well. But the record and their numbers are a bit inflated because no one's focused on them. No one really is too worried about them. They don't have a great track record, haven't been in the playoffs in 20 seasons. I hope they make the playoffs for the fan base's sake. But, you know, when we went into their building and bully balled them, when we went into their building and played really high level defense, you know, I kind of expect that if we're up for it. And we were. Now, the next night, we play against the Golden State Warriors and they were cooking. Even in that first quarter when we got up 36-34, they were cooking. And and it looked like we were a step slow. It looked like in a chess match we were kind of three, four steps behind. And they just they just carved us up. And in the second quarter, when your best individual defensive player, Noj Ananobi, uh, gets injured, and I hope he recovers quickly. Um, you know, you, you kind of expect that it's going to be a a tough game to win. You're on the road. It's your second game on the road. You have a game the next night 
in Portland. You kind of expect the Warriors, who we've played many times, they know Nick Nurse quite well. Um, the league knows Nick Nurse quite well because he won a championship just you know four years back. And the Warriors probably still have a bit of a grudge that we closed Oracle and Freddie's still there. And OG was on that team, even though he didn't play. And Chris Boucher's on that team, even though he didn't play. And we've kicked their butt a few times when they were reloading, when they were, you know, getting healthy, when Steph was injured and Clay was injured and Draymond Green was injured, right? So to me, when you see the Warriors play at a high level offensively and OG's not in the lineup after, you know, uh, halfway through the second quarter, yeah, I expect that they're going to get 120 plus points. Uh, we also made it really easy for them by missing seven or eight free throws. Um, six of them in the first half went six of 12 at the half. Uh, we finished the game from the line 13 of 21. Well, yeah, we're going to make it really easy for them. So even if we like performed at a high level offensively and made it interesting, um, which we could have made it interesting, uh, you know, defensively we're a man short, our best man short. And this is a team who's very prepared for us, very, um, you know, knows Nick Nurse, his schemes inside, outside. And this is an incredibly talented team who just won the championship last year. So it, it marvels me that, that, you know, people in the media who do this for a living are, are saying, well, we actually look terrible defensively. Well, that's what the Warriors can do against you when they're locked in. When they're at home where they're 19 and 6, they've been doing this against the rest of the league. Um, you know, when, when they played us in Toronto and scored 126 and they didn't have Steph, uh, yeah, and, and Jordan Poole goes off for 43, yeah, now you can say, well, we really sucked that game. Now you can say, um, you know, them scoring – 53, shooting 53% from the field and 46% from downtown. Yeah, now you can say we sucked, right? Wiggins wasn't even in that game. He wasn't in this game either. Um, and their bench wasn't great in that game because most of their bench scoring was Jordan Poole and he was in the starting lineup. So, yeah, you could say that game we sucked and the Warriors are, were 3-14 and 14, uh, on the road. You can talk about that game. But but this game, after we come off playing so well against Sacramento defensively, um, could we have been a little better? Sure. Uh, but this is the champs, and this is what they do. And, and you expect that. You expect that they're going to be razor sharp as they march now toward, um, you know, probably trying to get home court advantage. They just beat Memphis at home. Uh, Memphis right? Had like a eight, nine game winning streak. They lose the Lakers, then they lose the Warriors, but they're a very good team. And, you know, they even finished that game. The Warriors did without Steph. So I'm not, I'm not really sure what people were so disappointed about. Um, were really shocked by, 
Uh, did they make us look worse than we are? Sure. But that's what the champs do at home um, with all their schemes against a young team. Again, sure. Um, you know, we know that Pascal and Fred were part of that championship team that played in that championship run. But you had Precious Achua, who's still learning the game of basketball, um, having to compete against a, a very smart, um, very high movement offense. Sacramento is not even close to them. And then the next night when we play Portland, no offense to Dame Lillard and Portland, but they're not in the same stratosphere as Golden State. Uh, Portland will be lucky to, to make the playoffs this year. So, you know, us playing really well against Portland and, and Sacramento doesn't equate to us being able to lock down Steph and the Warriors at home. So anyways, that's a, a bit of a sidetrack, but, uh, you know, I, I think it just get, breathes a little bit of um, balance to where the fan base is at coming off this game against the Warriors. When you look at the numbers, Fred played quite well, was very efficient, 11 to 20, 5 of 10 from downtown, 10 assists. He did turn the ball over five times, and there was mistakes in this game. But I think if there was huge mistakes, it was actually on the offensive end because you know Golden State is going to be super tough to guard. So where can you beat them? When they're playing D because they're undersized. They're without Wiggins, who's like their OG. And, you know, they're still cranking up, right? And we know them very well. We played them. We know Steve Kerr's schemes defensively. Um, but OG only played 10 minutes. And, and he got knocked out of the game. And, and then we have to adjust, right? And who are we going to bring off our bench? We don't have a lot coming off our bench. Dad Young is not the answer. Herman Gomez certainly isn't providing the answer, playing 11 minutes and going 0 for 1 from the field. Great game from Precious Achua, 17 points, 11 rebounds. But where are you going to get it? The guy you're going to get it from is Pascal Siakam, and he had two threes in the first half go in and out, which doesn't get your defense set every time you miss. He was 8 of 26 from the field, 1 of 6 from downtown. And, you know, you're, you're probably going to get it from Chris Boucher, off the bench, um, and he was two of nine. He just didn't have a good game. Two for nine and a one for three from downtown. He missed two bunnies, like not even bunnies, like point blank layups off offensive rebounds. Shots that he normally makes, shots that he made against Sacramento and Portland. So if you're going to throw those points away and go 13 to 21 from the line, yeah, okay. That, that's how you lost this game. Let's be honest. The, the, the points were all there. And again, a huge part of why teams do really well in the NBA is with pace when you can score in transition. The analytics point to that, but also uh, it just makes sense because when a defense isn't set, then you have the chance to have them off balance. And when you move the ball in transition and they're not set, uh, if you've got great passing like the Warriors do and great skill uh, to score the ball like the Warriors do, it becomes really easy. So we shot miserably. Siakam and Boucher um, probably missed, you know, left 12 to 15 points on the board. 
And then our free throws, 13 of 21, you, you get three or four of those back because nobody's guarding you on a free throw except for your own head. Then, yeah, that's that's what happens. We shot 45% from the field against a very, you know, average defense without Andrew Wiggins. So this game is on us, but to me, it's on our, it's on our offense and, you know, 24 assists compared to 40. Sure. Did we make it a bit easy for them? Yeah. But our schemes allow that to happen. We're going to overplay. We're going to, we're going to try and get guys off the line. Um, we're going to try to force that. And, and they just got, they just hit an extra pass, which almost no one in the league does. Maybe Boston is the only other team besides this Warriors team who just is able to make that extra or, or two extra passes. And they, and they got us. So to me, it sucks that we played poor as poorly offensively, especially on very makeable baskets and weren't ain't able to get set. But if you allow the Warriors to get in transition, it's over. There's nothing There's nothing you can criticize about our defense going against one of the best transition and one of the smartest teams offensively in the league. Um, yeah. So for me, it sucked. I knew the game was over um, pretty much when OG got out. But the game was definitely over af- after the third quarter and, and they got up, you know, uh, I think four points and then they further extended their lead to 11 after the first play. I think clay hit a three to go up 101 94. And that was it. It was curtains. Um, kudos to Fred Van Vliet again, who played a great game. Precious off the bench was excellent. Um, but yeah, that, that nothing you can do if you're missing layups and free throws. But this Portland game was the one that really surprised me and, and really gave me life and gives me pers- like a belief, a real belief, not just perspective, but a belief that we can make a serious run at that seven seed. I'm not saying we're going to get there, but I, I think we could. Um, we got a lot of games to play and a lot of winnable games in the next two weeks before the All-Star game. Um. And we'll see what happens. But against Portland, it's a back-to-back. It's a very skilled Portland team. Not a great Portland team. They were 23 and 25 coming into this one. Decent at home, 13 and 10. Uh, But we match up really, really well against them. Even with OG out of the lineup, Precious can replace OG fairly well. And Thad being in this game uh, with Portland having Nurkic on the bench... Thad can carve up a defense with his passing um, and and you felt like this was a winnable game. It wasn't going to be easy because it's on a back-to-back and we'll see how well we can contain Dame. And if it gets close, it's going to be really hard. But we come out 37-14 in the first quarter. Gary's hitting everything. Our offense was just cooking. And it felt like, shoot, we showed up, and, and and we're gonna make easy work of this Portland team. Now, unfortunately for the Raps, they got cold. Siakam was uh, a bit not timid, but but just kind of uh, nonchalant a bit. 
Freddie wasn't aggressive and wasn't shooting the shots that he had. I think he started the game like 0 for 5 from downtown. I think he was like 1 of 8 from the field. But then he goes 4 of 5 after going 0 of 8. He, he hits 2 3. So after going 0 for 5, he goes 2 for 3 in the second half. Um, and he finished with 19 points. Pascal Siakam got efficient, got a little more aggressive when we needed him to be. He finished with 24. But the real story of this game was Precious Achua, who in the last five or six games has shown that he is fully returned on both the defense and offensive side of the ball. 27 points, a career high, 13 rebounds, incredible. Um, he, he did it all on the defense and offensive end. Just an excellent, excellent game. Chris Boucher gave you know a little bit of bounce off the bench, five rebounds, 10 points, still no turnovers. The bench actually only turned the ball over once, which was huge. Um, the one part of this game that I was really worried about, and actually my wife couldn't even watch the fourth quarter with me because I, I was very frustrated. Dame sits down with two and a half to go, and we lose those non-Dame minutes by, I think, seven. In two and a half minutes, we lose to Portland by seven points. Really unacceptable stuff. And, you know, they kept on getting within 12 or 13 after being down 20. We'd put it back up. They come back, get it within 11 or 12. We'd put it back up. And it kept yo-yoing, you know, for second and third quarter until the very end. Yeah, when does Dame come out? 2.20 to go. We're up 12. And they go into the fourth down five. We lost those that 2.20 by seven points. And that, to me, was just unacceptable. Um, really unacceptable stuff from us. We did have... Uh, Pascal, I believe, or Fred, Fred on the court in that last 220. And you got to be better. You got to play at a higher level. Now, luckily, although they weren't great in the third, they lost the third quarter, 39-25. Oof, that's ugly stuff. That's really ugly stuff. Um, we, we had a really good fourth. We played a really excellent fourth, and it came to um, – be an excellent fourth because of our defense. At one point, I think Portland had like seven missed shots. And some of that was just, you know, they didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but some of it was um, us just, you know, stepping up our defense, getting into their face a little more, making them shoot two, three, four feet further than they wanted to. The game got to 94-90 with 8.41 to go. And then Portland turned it over. They missed a three. Chauncey got a technical foul. And they just kept missing. Dame missed. Jeremy Grant missed another. Uh, Anthony Simmons had a charge. And, and they just fell apart defensively. And the game went from 90 490 for the Raptors to 108-90, a 14-0 run 
in this fourth quarter. And of course, the Blazers have to call a timeout at that point. And there's, you know, five minutes to go. And we've got it locked. Now, at that point, up 108.40, Fred has played about 36, 37 minutes. You could have sat Fred. Pascal and company with Malachi Flynn or with Thad Young could have closed up shop. Portland was not going to go off. They did get some buckets and and got it within 14. But this, this game was definitely over. And it's unfortunate that Nick didn't see the bigger picture um, and, and sub him out early. Now, he did sub him out two, and two and a half minutes later, but I felt like that was another missed opportunity knowing Fred's physical um, limitations at times, his physical um, struggles this year. But at the end of the day, we played a great fourth, played a great first, and were able to cruise to a 123-105 win, um, led by the, the brains and playmaking of Fred Van Vliet, the efficiency of Pascal Siakam, but a career night from Precious Achua, which a lot of people are going crazy about and certainly are asking questions about, wondering if Masai and Bobby are going to do something before the trade deadline. I'm not going to get into that, but with Bobby and Masai on the sidelines, um, with the Blackberry on, um, uh, I would not be surprised if there was one big move that uh, really left us questioning what what Bobby and Masai are thinking. Um, or just maybe not questioning, but just being hurt that one of our top guys is leaving the team. But this is a good win. A back-to-back on the third game of a seven-game road trip in Portland who can get hot and can can really take the wind out of your sails. We played a great game, held them to 105, and we got to be happy. For the last, we played three games. We lost to the Warriors. We beat Portland, held them way under their averages, held Sacramento to under 100 points for the first time this season. We've got to be very happy with that. Now, we've got Phoenix tonight on Monday night. We've got Utah, Houston, all winnable games, uh, unless Devin Booker is returning. I'm not sure. But we've got, we've got some real hope and belief right now that in the next you know eight games before the All-Star break, if we could go five and three, if we go even six and two, six and two gets us right around 500. And now we're, we're doing something now. Now we've, we've got 20, we're 29 and 30 and we're right on the heels of the Knicks and Hawks. Um, we're probably tied with Chicago and there's no reason why we couldn't make a real push and catch the Knicks. So well done Toronto Raptors. Um, for going two and one to start this West Coast road trip. And let's go get a win against Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. Before I leave you, uh, I just want to check on this Devin Booker situation. Also remind you that Black History Month is coming up. We're going to do our first episode um, this week 
focused on LeBron James. Um, man, he got ripped off. I know he took it hard, and some people are questioning if he took it too hard. But, um, yeah, the, the, uh, the game against the Celtics, he got robbed on that no call. Uh, for sure. OG will be out. Will be out again against the Phoenix Suns. Um, Campaign and Landry Shamit will also be out. And Devin Booker for the 18th straight game. You talk about a team who is looking really good, was fired up. Uh, Devin Booker will be out for the 18th game, their best player. Certainly the reason why they are nowhere near the top of the Western Conference. That will make life a little bit easier for us, knowing OG and an OB is out. Um, this is a game we should we should be able to win. It's not going to be easy. There's still some very talented guys on the floor, but without their star there uh, and campaign who, who uh, gives them a real burst of energy and offense in that second unit, this is a very winnable game. So... Lots to to look forward to in tonight's game. And hopefully uh, this all means, this all equates to getting the the victory and and being able to, you know, keep marching toward that seventh seed. All right, y'all. As usual, talk too much. Good bounce back win. Hope you are well. Enjoy the day. Peace.